This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Oh, jeez. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. I mean, Judas Priest. Hey, Keith. Keith, we're on the air right now, right? We weren't streaming before? Thank God. Jeez. Like, I'm on the verge of cussing people out here. This is, come on, man. Like, I sound like Chris Berman. You guys act like you never worked in radio before. You have all this time to walk around. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, we're going to do our version of a cameo here for somebody. Yeah, we, we have, uh, if you've heard our show before, and you'll get the gist of who we're talking about here shortly, or at least uh, the group that uh, we love. As we feel like their, their cheer for our hometown team, uh, we help bring that into the forefront. Okay. Hold on. I got All it. at Abe's birthday party or going away party. Yep. Or coming in party. It really changed the show. It when did. When you think about it, it really changed the show. What, Abe leaving the show? No. Change the show? Get that to Abe. Send that down to the, Atlanta. The thing about Abe, and we're talking about our buddy Abe Gordon. A former producer. Look, we, we, we can say this now. Abe was like, I'm leaving the show, and I hope you guys will understand. And I swear to God, it just, it was, it was like, you guys aren't good, and I'm jumping ship. Is that not what it was? Is it really well, like, he's he, like, this show isn't good, and I'm he, getting out before it? He will say, most likely, that it had to do, because he wants to, he wants to make sure that we're okay, because he was very concerned about us. Yeah, he will say that it had to do with him wanting to go home. To Atlanta. He went to L.A. And then he went to L.A. He didn't go home to Atlanta. He went to, he <laughs> He's went to like Atlanta Freeman. after L.A. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Speaking of Freddie Freeman, do we want to go over that again while I'm looking this uh, message up so we get this right? Uh, yeah. So Put this money together and get married so we can do this right. Uh, Kenny, at the end of the show, brought up Freddie Freeman, who... You know, is the heart of this controversy, even though uh, he's been on the Dodgers all year. The question was why, uh, despite the fact that the Braves had said that they made a formidable offer, and they made a big-time mm-hmm. offer, and even came back and offered again, why he ended up going to L.A., and now his agent, his former agent, is at the center of it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he got rid of his agent, and now it's gotten contentious as other media members like Doug Gottlieb have said his agent screwed the pooch. And Freddie Freeman is out there uh, just playing for the Dodgers, not really saying much. Yeah. Uh, the question is, you know, how much can an agent screw up something and whether or not this was screwed up at all from the agent? I just think if you really want to be in a place that badly, you pick up the phone and call him yourself. Like, 
you can let your agent go to the 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 five yard line or up to the very hilt before it's like all right, it's either time to bleep or get off the pot. And if you're just not getting the satisfaction that you want and you really want to be there, and you have that good of a relationship with, I assume he had a good relationship with the general manager and owner and all that stuff. I feel that Freddie Freeman, like, hey, we just won a World Series. Call him up. Call him up right, and talk right, to him. Right. It's like we should be able to make this work. Yeah. Now, so, you, do you I notice this, or is it just being reported more? It right. feels like players in all the major sports, and now even in college football, apparently, they are firing their agents. All the time. Moving on. And then more some more. of them go back to their agents when they find out grass David isn't greener. David Njoku is absolutely one of them. Uh, but there are a number of players that either get sold a false bill of goods or they don't necessarily know what they want or they didn't realize their well, actions would be met with such cynicism or... It's, um, I, think it's, I, I think it's an interesting thing you bring up. I'm going to do the, the, our fake cameo thing here. Happy birthday here in a second. But I think it's an, it's an interesting thing you bring up. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com, where you have, you have players that I think are being introduced to this world earlier than they ever have. But I do think they're more informed. Um, now, whether or not they use that information to their, to their advantage, we'll see. I think there's been so many warnings about personal wealth anymore with, with athletes that I think some of it's starting to sink in. And I also think that that we are in a we are in a huge player empowerment era, where they kind of want to be in control of their own destiny, and they I think they have no problem in fixing a mistake, and I think that there is also the quality of life thing where it's like I can make all this money and I can do all this stuff, but if I'm not happy, I'm not happy. If I don't like what I'm doing, I, I don't like what I'm doing. So I think that they sit there and they might think that way, or excuse me, they don't sit anywhere, but I think that they might realize in their own way, like what like David Njoku's error is the error to David Njoku. It's might it might not be that way for a lot of other players. But to David Njoku, he felt he needed to write something, correct? Am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong. No, you're, you're not wrong. But that's David Njoku's uh, journey and it could be different for a thousand different players in a thousand different ways. Think about it. For years, everything we know about agents, uh we learned through watching Jerry Maguire, uh David Falk was the original super agent Arn yeah. Tellum. Uh, and then through guys like Drew Rosenhaus and Scott and Lee Steinberg, great, great reference. And then Scott Boris, we learned to, at first, we, we honored the super agent. We we're like, this is amazing. These guys are influential. They are running the sports to then demonizing them, yeah. saying this is everything that's wrong now with sports. Scott Be- Boris was the first one. I mean, he was. He well, because was a, players didn't. He was a villain. Free agency wasn't. I mean, guys, free agency in like the early 90s to mid 90s in sports, totally different. What well, was the first time that money that agent or the, excuse me, that owners were really willing to take the gloves off and go, you know what? We own the Yankees and uh, we make a lot more money than the other ones and we're going to spend a lot more money than the other ones. And that was the first time we really saw it. It, it almost felt like there was, and, and actually, Major League Baseball has been sued over this before about price fixing when it comes to players. They were sued in the '80s uh, by, uh, the, I believe it was a players' union. I'm not sure. It might have been a class action suit amongst players, or it could have actually been from the players' union about price fixing. So, while there's a salary cap, a, a firm, well, quote unquote, firm salary cap in football, and there's an actual soft cap in the NBA, it almost seemed like there was a gentleman's agreement. In Major League Baseball, and then finally collusion. Yeah, finally George Steinberg said, "That's enough." Uh, you know, George was. I, I think that you know, I think that this starts and finishes with Steinberg, or 
goes into this because of Steinbrenner. I think that he was hands-on, and he felt like he could win a championship and he could do these things. And I, I, I don't think that expense has ever been something that's been a problem for him. But I also think that he finally he was getting a little bit older in age, and I feel that he wanted to max out opportunities to win World Series and said to help. Yeah. You know, I mean, at one point we have to remember this: the Indians were second in spending in Major League Baseball. They were second in payroll a few year, I believe, a few years in a row in the '90s during the glory years, and then the Yankees took the gloves off. Salaries inflated, TV deals inflated, which Huge, meant, that, which time, meant yeah. that there were bigger salaries to be had. And at that time, when you are in a market like Cleveland, especially when you go from second in spending, like Oakland, o- Oakland and Kansas City were always looked at. These are places that are just minor leagues for the Yankees. We didn't always think that way. And then when you start to see Scott Boris represented Manny Ramirez, if I'm not mistaken, was it Scott Boris who represented Manny Ramirez? And like that was the first. It's like, man, th- these guys are like we were calling them jackals. And, and Satan and all these other things. And it's like, well, they, they have to represent the best And they interest. were tearing our favorite players yeah. away from our favorite teams. Yeah, and so we blame them. And really, it's like, well, no. I, the, the agent is paid to do their job. Scott Boris does a fantastic job as an agent. That's why people want him. That's why they want to be represented by him. And it's on your ownership to pony up the money. Scott Boris is there for the highest bidder for his agent's doing. You know, it's the same thing. If Jose Ramirez wanted $60 million more, he wouldn't be a Cleveland Guardian. He wanted, if, but he w- was willing to take it, so he stayed, and that's, he's willing to work out an extension, and that was the way it is. But for Francisco Lindor, obviously it's a different story. And you're only doing what's right as an agency, and that's what kind of throws me off about this. Chris Close is his name? Car- C- Casey Close? What's the man's name? I beg your pardon. Or, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I, I've never heard of this person. Casey, Casey Close. Okay. That's why, like, I there's being dirt thrown on this person's name, and I people say this happens. Like Doug Gottlieb said this happens all the time in Major League Baseball. Well, does it? Do you just not want to know? Because a guy like Freddie Freeman, see, this is a little bit of the difference with the NFL and the NBA and then Major League Baseball, is that, you know, you come up through the system, and so they do get their hooks into you, and it can feel like – I mean, if you're coming in at 20 years old, it with the control over it, you could be looking at free agency by the time you're 28. I mean, you're looking at eight years altogether. I mean, I know it's different now, but I mean, at Freddie Freeman's time, it could be different that way. So you kind of grow fond of the area. You have a chance to make huge money. And they may say just like, hey, I got to do what's best for business and might close themselves off to it. And that's why I go, "What? hey, we're all loving Freddie Freeman right now. But Freddie Freeman's responsibility, I can't just sit there and blame my agent. And I mean, you can fire your agent anytime you want. It's your agent, and I don't know if there's actual long-term agreements to this. Usually they're written as if you can basically fire the agent at any time. And so if you're Freddie Freeman, well, you've signed this big deal. Do you really need him anymore? What the hell? So you get rid of the guy. And then all of a sudden someone's putting a mouth on you. It's go, well, wait a minute. Was Casey Close just working on behalf mm-hmm. of, his age, of his client? Because, again, if you wanted to be in the place so damn bad, wouldn't you just call up and say, let's work out a deal? Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. Wants, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be yelling. Jose Ramirez wanted to be in Cleveland that damn badly. And it sounded like his agent was like, you can make a lot more somewhere else. And his agent's like, going, good. What, what did you hire me for? Yeah. And the agent obviously gets a bigger cut. Um, you, you are in control of mm-hmm. your own destiny. So while Freddie Freeman 
can can say what he wants to say. He's a grown man. He's a husband. He's a father. You're supposed to be the one in control. You can't just sit there and blame your agent for still making uh, – well, how much is Freddie Freeman's contract? Massive. Yeah, who's going to cry tears for a Freddie Freeman's contract with the L.A. Dodgers? Never. He's making more than $140 million, isn't he? Six years, 162. Well, it's six years, 162. So it's an extra year and $12 million uh, – excuse me, $22 million more. So it's it's an extra year. I'm supposed to cry for you? Get used to L.A. Try to find a way to enjoy it. Many others have. LeBron finds way to, ways to enjoy L.A. Yeah, the agency thing is always interesting. LeBron James is somebody who parted ways uh, with his agent at one no point in his career. No you can't move back after your career, by the way. Sorry, you signed yeah. the deal. Uh, I always found it interesting when in college sports, they were so worried. The NCAA was panic-stricken over their players being able to to sign with agents. And that always seemed weird to me because they were so worried about amateurism and whether or not money was going to end up in their hands and if agents would help facilitate it. I got news for you. They didn't need the agents to facilitate it. They had plenty of other people who who were willing to do it. Who was the guy who wrote the tell-all book who was the former agent? Jason something. Mm, Josh. Josh. What was his name? Yeah, I could see the picture too. Because remember he did that interview where he was just driving around the campus of UCLA saying where he'd meet players and stuff like that. I mean, it was just mind-boggling. The money money was always getting moved around, and they were going to find ways. What I thought the NCAA was always missing out on, as much as we demonize all the time agents, at that level, the agents that would sign with a lot of these college players – do you realize that agents were paying for a lot of the training? I'm not talking the best of the best, but that next tier and those other tiers of players that you see at pro days and everything. Mm-hmm. How do you think those agents get those players to sign with them? The agents basically bargain with them and strike a deal and say, hey, I'll, I'll pay for all of your training. I'll pay for your training. You got to pay me back on the other end if you get drafted and everything. And do you know how, many, you know how much money those agents waste because they're so desperate to make a name for themselves with players What's in those there? classes? Yeah. I, there's, you know agents. I mean, you know a couple mm. agents. We got a buddy who we know who's an agent. It had been a player agent. And it's. And it is no frills. Let I me tell you. I, man, I just, It is a grind. And I, I when you're you, just signing third round picks, fourth round picks, fifth round picks, sixth round it. picks, undrafted free agents. And then the minute they get good, then they talk to somebody else in the locker room who's recruiting for a different agency out of New York or L.A. And they said, hey, what's your agent doing for you? And then they do. They sign up these these lower level players who are just trying to stick around in the league. They end up ditching the agents that were loyal to them, paid for their training at IMG or paid for whatever they needed because the other people were getting something. So they're like, hey, I need money for toilet paper uh, that week of the combine. I need money for this. I need money for that. And then all of a sudden, they've got an investment. These agents have an investment in them. And then when they get drafted, these players get talked to and recruited by other agencies. And they go, ah, kick rocks. I'll go with the new agency who's promising they're going to get me in a movie down the road or a, or a music video if this were, you know, 1996 with Hype Williams. And you know what I happens? Then they don't get in with them. Then they don't get any of that stuff that's promised to them. And then they go, oh, they drag their tail between their legs. They, they, they go back to the original agent. And it's like, oh, but that original agent didn't get paid on any of these deals. So it is a thankless thing. If you look at the amount of registered NFL agents that show up at the Combine, it is staggering how few of them have more than one or two football players. How do you get to that level? How do you get to the Marvin Demoff level? How do you get to 
mm-hmm. Rosenhaus, Steinberg, mm-hmm. the names that you mentioned. How do you? How, how is it possible? Well, it's just it's showing an incredible amount of value. It's it's doing for these players it, the unthinkable. It's getting Timofey Mozgov. Uh, 60 million. 60 million when he was not even a starter. Like, it's finding those guys. When you could show value like that and win negotiations I mean, and take like advantage. That, like maybe you get, is it just right place, right time, or even I think a lot where, of it, yeah. Where it's just like, okay, this guy's going to stick with me. And if I can show great return for this player, it's going to pay dividends for but other But then it's just not the, the contract. It's retention. It's You have to be able to retain and continue to show value. So we always talk about, all right, negotiating the deal and getting whatever percentage is mandated by the NBA yeah. or Major League Baseball or the NFL. They're different in every league. It's smaller than you think. It's so much smaller. You just hear about Scott Boris and the $200 million, $300 million deals mm-hmm. and the rate that he gets. Very different for the $400,000, $300,000 minimum deals. Like It's a lot different. It's not only that. Once those deals are struck – now you move on to what are you doing for me uh, with my retirement? What are you doing with me for my investments? Are you hooking me up with a good money guy or a guy that's uh, scammed? I'm going to set up a bunch of barber shops and open up a franchise or get in, get in on a Chipotle uh, investment. Like, why am I not in any commercials? Why is that guy in commercial? Why is uh, Baker Mayfield in all these commercials? I'm a better quarterback. Where are my commercials? So, yeah, you you got my rookie deal done. Congratulations. Those are all slated. Anyway, mm-hmm. what, what 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 else are you getting for me? I'm getting rid of you. Even though you stuck with me and you helped get me drafted and you made all the right moves here. So it's retention. It's like anything. It's like Ryan Day talked about how much money it's going to cost to retain the good players at Ohio State. Because who's stopping another team from going and recruiting a guy that uh, just proved it a year with Ohio State? It's always retention. Well, I mean, and you and I have started to know, because you get a little older, you start to know some coaches. And even when it comes to coaches in the coaching world and coaching jobs in college football, just how gritty and greasy that can be. And, and just how, you know, when you get these boosters out of nowhere that decide they want to spend money and they really pick and choose in certain cases when they want to and when they don't want to. And you just, they're, they're perfectly fine with like, okay, we'll just sit on our ass for eight years. And then finally, I'm done. I'm I'm finally done with this. So now we're going to get off the mat, and I'm going to pay people to come in, and all those people to go away. And then, you know, they want to they want to return on that. Like that can be, that can be an ugly business as well. But it just it does amaze me. Just some of it is just right place, right time with certain clients where they want to keep you. Are we ready to do the uh, happy birthday here? Okay. So explain again for those just joining so us I guess right I, now. I mean, I, I don't want to put out a whole bunch of personal business here. No, that's fine. It's somebody's um, birthday. They're fans of the show. The guy's name they've is been Anthony. An, they've been an instrumental He's part of the Anthony. show. He went to West Yaga. I didn't know that. Yeah, the guy went to West Yaga. Okay, do we need to do first and last name? Um, I think we can if they're fans of the show and we're doing something nice. We're going out of our way to provide a free service. Listen, there are other hosts out there. They want to cash in on Cameo. We are doing this out of the kindness of our hearts. We are doing this. I feel weird to charge for Cameo. Well, if anything, we said we would do Cameo, but it would go to charity. We're not going to get rich off Cameo anyway. Yeah. We are not at that tier. We are not at the Pauly Shore tier of Cameo. I mean, you ask for somebody like yeah. John Sakata, okay, on Cameo, you know, that's a different tier. This is the lowest tier. He was the Latin American singer. Um it's just another day without you. That's John Cicada. That's John Cicada. 
Okay. So the guy's name's Anthony. Yeah. His birthday's not for a while, so I don't even know. He, I, he so this will be day. spoiled. He says he's a huge Browns fan and huge Browns, huge, huge oh, fan of your no. show. Oh, no. So the surprise will be spoiled. This was supposed to be a surprise. Uh, well, not hell a, with it. Cat's out of the bag. You're done. Okay, here we go. I'm going to turn on my... I'm gonna turn on my camera here. Is this okay. is this a good listener? Is this just suck? Uh, so far it's later. been pretty bad. Okay. All right, wait, are you doing it the right way? Because you're there supposed you to hold the phone the other way. I oh, thought. Oh yeah, that's right. Remember, Caddy. I know. Hold, <laughs> hold your, your phones. Gu- hold your phones this, this way. way. Hold, hold your, your guns, guns this way. way. I miss Vine just for that. Vine was I miss great. Vine. I thought Vine was so much more creative than TikTok because TikTok gives you all the tools. Just start filming. Turn it on. T- problem yeah, with TikTok, TikTok gives you all the different bells and whistles. Vine said, go out and be creative. TikTok said, go out and dance like white girls, and then you'll be an influencer and make a lot of money. All right. Why don't you hold on there now for a second? All right. I got to rest my arm here. Okay. So three, two, one, even though we've been recording it, here we go. Yeah. Uh, we want to say happy birthday to Anthony, the best Ippolito. I hope we're saying that right. We are told by Jason, you're a huge fan of the show. So if you're a huge fan of the show, you know now, Anthony, it's time to crap on you. That is what this show does. Uh, nobody cares that it's your birthday. It's live on the podcast, too. Yeah, that's why I said crap. Uh, nobody cares about your birthday. It's embarrassing that anybody would think that this is something that would even be worthy of of you for a birthday. What a lousy gift. The fact is, this is the only thing Jason's getting you. This free oh, yeah, video that it. we are putting no effort in. I mean, we have done absolutely... We have nothing. I got pit stains going because we just did the show he's and I got, got my Duluth shirt on. He's got Jason Lloyd pit stains. I'm pitting. And this is what we're doing for your pathetic birthday, Anthony. Yeah. How humiliating. Happy how, birthday. How can you live with yourself? Well, I'm not going to talk about that. All right, uh... Jason wants us to wish you a happy birthday, so this is about as half-assed as yeah. it gets. We hope you have a good... Do you really hope he has a good birthday? No, or? no. Okay. No, you know what? I work two shifts on my birthday. Oh, I did radio and TV on my birthday. Ken, his wife, gets him off of work on his birthday. What is anybody doing for you? This horrible video. That's right. We've got nothing to add either. Ken's making faces. And you know what? Furthermore, let's act like we're doing hot takes now for Anthony. You know what, Anthony? You're a joke. I've looked at your career averages. They're a total farce. And the fact that anybody would show up to see you or to hang out with you or to be friends with you, they're talking behind you your did, back, Anthony. You did to the Wolverine in attendance what Kevin Nash did to WCW. Oh. He didn't draw a dime, yeah. and you didn't either, Anthony. How do you like that, buddy? The best Ippolito. Oh, okay. If that even can be said. You gave yourself a nickname. You're, You're not even a top a five Ippolito the nickname is me, okay? I went to Hog Carmen and it stuck. What have you ever done? The best Ippolito, the mediocre mm. Ippolito, mm. the mid Ippolito. <laughs> we hope you have a happy birthday. Do hey, you, yeah, do we you... do wish you a happy birthday. Okay. That's very nice you that you listen do, to the show. Do we do Super Bowl Super Browns for him or is that too hack? Uh, I think we can. It is too hack. I have no problem being hacked for this video because that's what Anthony. Let's Three, get two, back one. into ripping Super Anthony. All right, there it is. That um, was for I'm, uh that was for Anthony. I'm lightheaded. We almost lost Ken there for a moment. Uh, allow yourself to All regather. Right. Remember, he already had his sweating fits in his pits earlier in the cameo. So yesterday, I'm gonna break another wall here. Yesterday I went to the place <laughs> where I go that I don't talk about after the show. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is you do that and then you're a heat pump for the rest of the day. 
Yeah. Because people I, are like, Ken, you need to do true. that. And I'm like, guys, I've been doing it for two years. Joke's on you. You just don't know about me. Because you got to listen to the podcast to know. Mm. And so I went to the place that I've been going for two years. And I'm just a heat pump for the rest of the day. And they had, like, the heat on at eight. I swear to God, they had the heat on in the studio. And I'm like, guys, I'm sweating like I'm on death row. You have to turn the heat off. You have to. It's 80 degrees outside. But they get cold. They get, I go put a sweater on during mm-hmm. the commercials. I'm dying here. I'm dying here. And I felt bad. Matt Collig was there. And I and I was and they wanted me to go see him. And I was embarrassed because my eye was messing up. And then I was sweating like crazy. It's true. Uh, I don't have the same issues that you have all the time. But that's one I can connect with you on is the shower on a hot day, and then being on the move. That's the problem. I used to shower at one of the gyms that I worked out at. This was like seven years ago, and it ruined the rest of my day, showering at the gym. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you know, I like uh, – I know it's it's kind of changing over time. They said we the have... video is too long <laughs> for, the, for the messenger. Uh, now you have to now you have to upload it to oh a server. Oh, my God. Now, now, now you have to actually just give them your phone. That's the only way to transfer this file is to go – have my phone, and then you get the phone. So you just switch phones. I'm texting him back, or I'm, I'm Facebook messaging back. The the messenger says it's too long. <laughs> We're brought to you by Extend. I bet I can get the whole video if I had Extend Technologies on this phone. So here's what I want to get back to yeah. in a second. The whole – we haven't done this on the radio in a while. This is definitely hacky. Uh, it's something people have talked about. Yeah. And it's changed over time. Young Mac, how old are you, Mac? Young Mac. Young Mac. 26. You're 26 years old. Did you guys shower – in high school gym. Big pardon. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. You did? Yeah. If we so if you had enough time, at least uh, in between classes at that point, you know, if you had the free period after, you could. But, did anybody actually do it? Yeah, there were a couple guys that would. Did people shower at your high school during gym no. after gym? No, that was not something we that did we did. After. We showered after morning basketball before I did school every now started. And then after football, but honestly, I'd just go home because I didn't live that far away from high school. Oh, okay, I was a bit bashful. Well, no, no, that was I, I didn't I, want anybody remember, to see my hoolie and my, my we we had my wingy dingy. We had <laughs> a little bashful there. We had morning basketball, and when that finished, uh, is when the rude awakening ensued. That not everybody was created equally. The rude awakening. That life wasn't going to be fair. Careful what you're saying. Life was not going to be fair for all of us. Some people were going to have an edge on life. Some people, Kenny, were going to be born uh, see, on third I base. I disagree. The guys who were born on third base, I think their their personalities were way worse than our That's what we said to make ourselves feel better. But the reality is some people were born on third base in every aspect of life. Not only did they have personality... But they also, Kenny, if you catch my drift, I never talked to those they had some advantages. And they were able to use those advantages. And those advantages started to matter. You were hoping they didn't matter because there would be members of the opposite sex that would tell you that it didn't matter. When deep down, you knew that they did matter. Because you'd find out later in life okay, that they absolutely that's matter. Well, that's, that's, I don't, see, I disagree. I actually disagree with you. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, whatever. Um <sighs> Do I put their business out there? Yeah, what the hell? So my wife and her high school friends were talking about this one guy, and I guess he was like the biggest jerk ever in high school. And they're like, he just, you know. And we're like, no. I go, no, what does you know mean? And they're like, you know. You know. And I go, what does you know mean? And they go, he had a big, you know. And I go, oh. And they're like, the guy, he just thought it was all like, you know. And I go, 
wait a minute, did you all sleep with the guy? I mean, what the hell is this? And she's like, all you guys just think, like Liz like explained it to me, she goes, all you guys just think like that's the end all be all. That's not the end all be all. And it was kind of like understood like, well, you know, if that was the end all be all, I wouldn't be with you. I was like, oh, great. Now that'd be the place where we should let it go. <laughs> Damn it. I should have I should have ended it right there. That would have been a right perfect there. way. Um, oh, but the, yeah. the the reason Why did you get into this, yeah, by the, the way? The, I, yeah, we gotta finish that off. Yeah. You just started some weird thought about size yeah. and that's it. What is this? The reason I brought it up, uh, Kenny's because a lot of a lot of people when they're I'd say in high school develop a phobia of showering in public places, even though Yes, there are partitions nowadays. It's not like the old days, right? Like even in even in the schools, they're making sure that every stall, and believe me, they're now arguing for this, uh, making sure at board meetings that, uh, you know, it's not an open area for anything to go on. We can talk about this on the podcast, right? Yeah. It's a podcast. Yeah. I told you about we'd have the Rotary Club breakfast at the junior high. And when I was in junior high, dude, you didn't have – like, Max, 26. Okay, Mac, at your high school. Don't say which high school. Did you guys have the full stalls with the full walls and the door? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we didn't have that. We didn't have a door. We had walls that, like, went up to your, like, when you were going number one, if mm-hmm. you decided to go in the toilet, it basically went up to your waist. And so if you <laughs> sat down, it went up to your chest. And, man, you'd go to the rotary, or you'd go to the bathroom during the rotary breakfast mm-hmm. that they were having, and they're, without a doubt, Every single time, there'd be some old guy in there taking a growler right there, <laughs> and it like go up to his chest. And you're like, "Do I get out of here? Do I leave?" It's like, "Nope, I'm already in." Making con- eye and, contact, and he'd just be sitting there like, "Yeah, you know, I'm an old man taking a growler at a junior high bathroom." And there's no, <laughs> there's no thing. Here. But in my generation, there was one. There was a guy, and my buddy came out. He's like, "Oh my god, there's an old man having a growler in there," and we're like, "Yeah," and he goes. I went. To, I was going to the bathroom, and he's like, "You know what I had to do in the Pacific? You think any of this bothers me?" <laughs> the, the sheer comfort level. I was like, "Oh my god, what a great point!" The sheer comfort level of that generation oh, to yeah, just do care. whatever they, they wanted. Care. You know what I did in the Pacific? <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> so, like, hey, by the way, thank you. And so, I don't. I, I, I wasn't – see, we always had a weird relationship with that because, honestly, what made me more comfortable with it is during football, we would just – we like, guys would go to the bathroom, and there was the same thing. Like, the walls were made a little higher in the locker room of the, ba- the bathroom of the locker There's room. There's just no privacy back we in the day. We would sit back there – no, we would sit back there and take turns on the bowl mm-hmm. and put pads on and have conversations. The stench <laughs> didn't bother us. None of us took courtesies. None of it. It was. It's amazing just how close. It's like, like you're in prison. Yeah, I mean, well, no, because we weren't trying to stab each other, but it's amazing how close you did you did become where you just didn't care. Like you just didn't care, and once you once you've all seen each other naked, it's that's a comfort level at that point. Yeah, and so I was just as comfortable. Me with no brother, you would think that I would be the most bashful person ever. And when I was a sophomore, and, and there were seniors in there, like yeah, you know, these are Kenny. There were grown men, Kenny, and I was but in, a young one. In my middle school, there was an office in the locker room. That office was with uh, just normal windows. The partitions were windows, oh. and that would never fly today. So there would be, uh, rest in peace, Mr. Ishii, just sitting in there while we're all changing in the locker room. 
think about how cavalier the attitude was by administrators, yeah. by by anybody it's involved a in school. Time. You didn't think it that was. Way. And then go back even twenty years earlier. Your parents will tell you yeah. that swimming, the schools back in the day, the big schools that had uh, the swimming pools and everything, yeah. that that would be a part of gym class. And what would be your bathing suit? There would be no bathing suit. It was just get in and swim naked. No. I swear to God they would talk about this all the time. I remember hearing this on the Opie and Anthony show. They would take calls for people and said, yeah, everybody was just naked, swimming naked. Just How swimming old naked were they? in high school. No, just that's, swimming, that's impossible. Just swimming naked. I totally disagree. It, they said you weren't during, having high school kids going during swimming, the sixties, and seventies. That was just a thing. That they is, would all say swear. They would all swear are to God. You swimming with? Oh wait, no, because you you had separate. You didn't have yeah. co-ed gym. You yeah, had boys separate. and girls. Gym. It was all that's separate. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have the men and the women. But either, either way, can you imagine that in two thousand twenty-two? Any of that? How do you not put on a pair of swim trucks? How do you not say, hey, I think the, the teacher said it was uh, illegal. No, that's not how that goes. <laughs> that's not how that goes. All right, what do we learn today? Oh, wait, that's a Baskin and Phelps thing. Uh, what do we want to finish with today? Is that it? Um, yeah, I'd be good with it. Okay, great. Are you enjoying your uh, new home? Uh, well, let's talk about Mac and his new home. How he is heading. He's not allowed to talk about it. He, uh, he's let's not, not he talk about that. Talk There's about absolutely it. nothing going on with Mac. He's certainly not leaving for a new job in Minnesota. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.